Welcome to this new EMJ podcast. I'm meeting today here in Birmingham with uh, Nick Crombie. Nick is a consultant through many cities with a special interest in difficult airway management and CRM. He is also clinical director for the West Midlands Helicopter Services and is actively involved in event medicine. Nick, it's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, good morning. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, today, Nick is going to talk about errors and incidents in uh, medicine. Uh, so let's just start by a provocative question. Is there such things as errors in medicine? Absolutely. Um, medicine is littered with mistakes. Um, mistakes are often dealt with in medicine on local levels, either within a department or, if serious, within a hospital. And the lessons learned from those mistakes uh, are applied to the individual doctors, teams or, or pr specific procedures. If an error does occur and a patient suffers harm or even death, uh, those reviews and lessons do occur. However, how defensible is it that the same mistake is then repeated the following year in another hospital? One very good example is intrathecal vincristine, uh, intrathecal chemotherapy. Administering it intrathecally is almost always fatal, and the incidence of intrathecal vincristine is a reported 58 times worldwide. It should never have happened a second time. Comparing us to the aviation industry, the lessons learned are rapidly disseminated across the industry and across the world. An entire fleet of aircraft can be grounded following a single incident. The difference between aviation and medicine is that in medicine we often believe that mistakes only happen to bad doctors and personal factors don't affect professional skills. This is the cornerstone of, of crew resource management, or CRM, which is a core theme of training in many industries, but in medicine we're only just beginning to recognise. Hmm. So where is CRM coming from and what does that involve? Uh, Crew Resource Management, CRM, uh, was developed by NASA uh, in, in the 70s and it's the application of human factors. Um, what human factors are? Those are the things that may affect an individual or a team performance. It may affect our place within the team and the performance of that team. On a personal level, it looks at the effects of high stress when making decisions and the impairment of that decision making. Or indeed, low stress or the mundane, where concentration may lapse, the effects of unfamiliar environments, starting in a new hospital, developing new policies or accessing new equipment, the effects of shift work and, that, and those effects on your health. On a team level, it looks at communications within a team, the hierarchy of command. For example, could a medical student ever question a professor of surgery during an operation? And also how tasks are divided up within a team, on the team performance, it looks at situational awareness. How likely is it that a trauma patient with massive leg injuries could stop breathing during initial assessment and no one would spot it because they're drawn towards the bleeding leg? And also operating out of protocols, how to apply problem solving using your existing knowledge to, to fit a situation that's unfamiliar to you. All of these non-technical skills or human factors form the basis of CRM. So how do you think it should impact on our daily practice? Absolutely. Doctors are, are human beings and are as vulnerable to the same mistake patterns as any other profession. We work in vast teams with continually changing members as rotation and, and shifts occur. Just a simple introduction at the beginning of a shift to establish open lines of communication 
to analyse the environment in which you find yourself, to discuss plans, identify roles, and then work to execute the plans, and crucially, at the end, to debrief. It's not a difficult concept, but it's something that in medicine we traditionally do very badly. And I'll give you an example. If, uh, as an anaesthetist, if I was about to give an anaesthetic with, a, with a, uh, an anaesthetic assistant, an ODP, who I hadn't met before, Without CRM, no conversation would occur prior to the induction. What would happen if I picked up the wrong drug? Would the ADP feel empowered to question or stop me? What about a failed intubation scenario? What equipment would I need? Is it available? What if I don't ask for help? What should the ADP do? All sorts of uncertainty and reluctance to question me occur in that position. With good CRM, the ODP and I would chat before the anaesthetic and learn about each other and our experience. I may admit to being tired following an on-call and agree that anything that I do that seems odd should be questioned. My plan A will be a routine intubation, and if that fails, I will ask for a certain bit of equipment and can we check that it's available. If that fails, it is okay to call for help after three minutes, even if I don't do so at the time. And suddenly we have a safe plan, we have a backup plan, and the lines of communication are opened. And that, that, is, that is how CRM should work. But the CRM is a relatively new science in, in medicine, still a grey area um, to physicians. Um, what difficulties do you see in its implementation? CRM has, uh, has not traditionally been taught at medical school. I certainly wasn't taught it. Um, and often it's perceived as being a, a fluffy subject amongst the hard science of medicine. However, that, that is to not recognise the overwhelming evidence of the benefits of CRM. Open communications, questioning the unusual, recognising weakness in team working and maintaining situational awareness is vital. Aviation obviously has much to teach us and that, those lessons have certainly been adopted within the Midlands Air Ambulance. Every shift, we have a pre-shift briefing where the pilot, the paramedic and the doctor introduce each other, we learn about each other and we plan for the day. We run through our standard operating procedures, we run through our checklists. We develop clear roles but open communications across those roles. We will often do a, a brief emergency of the day where we will talk through an emergency just to establish those communications. On scene at an accident, the pilots will often provide me with my situation and awareness. They will stand behind me saying, we've been on scene 15 minutes, we've been on scene 20 minutes. During high stress, you lose perspective of time, and that's what our pilots can offer us uh, at a medical scene. And after every job, we debrief and we identify areas where, if not, errors have occurred, but could have occurred, and learn from those. A similar uh, process is at mass gathering events. It's an unfamiliar environment. It's unfamiliar medicine with unfamiliar teams. Safe, it's made safe by applying all components of CRM and briefings of who's in charge, what roles and responsibilities they have, developing written guidelines so everyone knows what level they should be working at and open lines of communication. That way we're sharing knowledge, teams are supported and if an error does occur it can be learned from. Nick, we mentioned aviation a few times. Um, so what do you think how to fly safely in emergency medicine? Where, where do you see, where's the future for CRM in medicine? Emergency medicine lends itself to CRM. On the whole, there's a fairly routine, mundane workload interspersed with short bursts of high stress. 
it's very emotionally demanding and physically very hard work with shifts and, and, and altered uh, sleep patterns. And you're dealing with large teams with frequent rotations. So already we've seen that there are many points at which errors could occur. A five-minute briefing at the beginning of the shift uh, with the charge nurse, the senior doctor and all the team members introducing each other, opening those lines of communication. Halfway through the shift, meeting for a three-minute meeting to identify any evolving problems and any errors that may be occurring. And at the end of the shift, gather again for a five-minute debrief. Look at what went well and look at what went badly. That way, all team members know each other and can help each other. If during the shift someone suddenly becomes very irritable and, and not behave in their normal manner, rather than just assuming that they're grumpy, consider why they're behaving like that. Are they stressed? Can we offload their stress to make the team safer? Provision of written guidelines to reduce emissions and slips. Open reporting to identify near misses early, prevent them becoming true errors. And regular simulations are essential to improve performance and to true stress. All of these CRM aspects can be easily implemented within A&E with very little cost and good buy-in from, uh, from the team members. Fascinating and emerging science there, uh, Nick. On behalf of the HDR uh, board, again, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you very much. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.